Welcome. You are listening to Sex, Love, Joy, an interview series hosted by me, Anayin Bjorkwist, in which special guests share how they connect the dots between sex, love, joy while actively pursuing their dreams. On today's show, I have with me yoga teacher, self-love expert, and the creator of Mama Body Love, Hannah. This episode is all about feeling good in the bodies we have now. Hannah and I talk about being good enough, the evolution of her blog, body image, trashing the rules around food and eating, nourishing our bodies with movement and yoga, breaking all the rules, and figuring out what works best for ourselves when it comes to clothing and style. Enjoy. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to Sex, Love, Joy. Hi, Anaïn. I want to ask you about that delicious tagline that you have on your site. Your site is Mama Body Love, and your tagline says, you are good enough. How did you make peace with the voices that tell all of us that we aren't good enough? Well, it's been a long journey, um, but one of the most transformational things for me actually has been yoga. Um, So about five years ago, I started going regularly to yoga class. And first I went because I wanted to get more toned arms. I thought like, hey, with all these, you know, all these yoga moves, I'll get some nice arms and it'll be great. And um, I found a teacher there that really spoke to my soul and really, I felt like she had, she understood where I was and she just taught in a way that really empowered me and taught me that I have everything that I need within myself. Um, So that was a really big part of my process. Um, And just even realizing that that was my struggle, that I felt like I wasn't good enough for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, we all feel like that. (laughs) Yeah, and once I was able to flip that around and really work through that, I'm not going to say let go of it because I, you know, it's still something that pops up. Um, I can't just let it go, right? I really have to actively work at not getting caught in it. Um, but once I was able to work through it, it really changed a lot of things. Like I felt like I could do anything. And with so many of the struggles I had had growing up were gone because I realized I was good enough and I could do anything that I wanted to. It was myself telling me that I couldn't or that I, you know, I didn't have the, I wasn't skinny enough or I didn't have the right education or I didn't have enough experience or all of that stuff. But really, when it came down to it, like I do, I am good enough. And I think women everywhere need to feel that and believe that and know that. We really do. That's why your work is so important. And I wanted to ask you, how has created Mama Body Love changed you? Well, I started this journey. So I started with a different name, actually. It was called Liberate from Weight. Yeah. Because I just needed a name, and that came to me, and it was kind of catchy. And it was, it, it embodied, like, part of what I felt was important, you know, not worrying about the scale and numbers and all of that. And as I worked through some of the things that I had come up against in terms of body image, I realized that my own personal struggle was really unique 
because I had become a mom and that had really transformed things for me. And when I was pregnant, I felt like I really wanted to be in a better place about my body image because if I had a girl, I really didn't want her to have struggled to struggle with the same things or to really waste so much of her power in her life being caught up in not being skinny or not having the perfect body. So being pregnant was a really good motivator for me and it really, I didn't end up having a girl, but I also, um, I had a boy, but I realized it was really important for me to be able to feel good about my body with my son too, because it's important for him to learn how to love himself and how to love other people unconditionally. So I started Mama Body Love. Well, Mama Body Love came a few months after Liberate from Weight. And it just, it's like, yeah, when we, you know, I'm a mama, that's part of who I am. And that's part of who I speak to. And a lot of what I've dealt with is about my body. And I have to love my body in order to love myself. And really, that's what it's about. It's like loving yourself unconditionally. And your body's part of that. And it's a big part of it. It's the part that I think women face every single day, multiple times a day, Mm -hmm. with something that they don't like, or they don't accept, or they feel is too big or too mushy or too whatever. Um, So in order to really love yourself and operate from that place of unconditional love, I think you have to make peace and accept your body and love it. And when you became a mom, because you said that you started this journey when you were pregnant, when you became a mom and you had your son and then you're in this new body because our bodies all change after we have babies and some of us have to, you know, have these crazy deliveries or C-sections and then we're like, what do we do with these bodies now? How did the process of having this new to you body change like Mm -hmm. what was that journey like so I felt really great during my pregnancy and my birth experience was way different than I imagined but it was also really empowering because I was having contractions for four days oh my god and so I was like but at the end of it I was like you know what holy shit my body is badass like (laughs) I barely slept and I labored for four days. And at the end, like I had this healthy child, like it's amazing. It's simply amazing to me when you think about what our bodies are capable, regardless of what your labor or delivery was like, like the fact that you can grow a human is incredible, right? It's like, it's a miracle. So, but anyways, after I had, then, right. Then you have the post pregnancy body and you're like, Oh my God, look at like, everything is in a different place. (laughs) It's shaped differently. Like none of my clothes fit. I'm like too small for my maternity clothes, but I don't fit any of my old clothes. So it was something I was struggling with a lot. And I was also like most moms completely sleep deprived. Yeah. I was commuting and working full time and I was like, when the F am I going to have time to exercise? Like I can barely manage to get dressed and get to work at a reasonable time. I can't be sitting here stressing about the fact that like my stomach is squishy or my butt is flat. Like I really cannot waste my energy on that because I have so little to spare <laughs> that nothing can go 
to anything that's wasted. And that was wasteful to me to spend my time and energy worrying about my body. So I just had to, I was like, you know what? My body is amazing because of the things it can do. Yeah. And even if I look in the mirror and I don't see what maybe I want to see or what I used to see, my body is incredible. And I have to look at it from that place of like, I'm capable of so much. And, and all of us are. We're capable of so much. We truly are. One of the things that I love about your voice is that you are kind of like a rule breaker. You quietly and softly nudge people to like break rules and to think for themselves. And recently you wrote an article about trashing all the rules that exist in our minds around food and eating. Describe your thoughts around that. So this is something I, I've been thinking about a lot. This is, I feel like it's coming up in different arenas that I've been kind of paying attention to. And so I'm participating in this self-love challenge and one of the one of the things to do actually this was yesterday was to indulge like in something that you wouldn't normally eat and it really got me thinking like there's nothing that I don't eat like I eat what I want because I learned a long time ago that the more I deprive myself and the more I try to I you know have popcorn instead of potato chips or you know, like some raw gluten-free brownie because brownies are bad for me or whatever. Like the more I try to avoid what I really want, the more I eat. Mm -hmm. And then I end up circling back to that thing I wanted in the first place. So those rules about, it's just, we get so caught up in telling ourselves that we can't do certain things or we can only do this or we can only do that. And it limits us so much. And it becomes so ingrained in who we are that we don't even think about it anymore. And so, you know, that's been a really, I'd say a a conscious step for me is to let go of those rules and just let myself be okay with whatever is. Like if I want to eat French fries and ice cream and chocolate (laughs) and macaroni and cheese in a day, well, then so be it. It's one day. Yeah. Right. And, you know, actually, it's funny when I started really paying attention to my body. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed like, wow, when I get my period, like I just want to eat nonstop for like the first day or two. I feel like I'm like hungry all day long, no matter how much I eat. (laughs) And, you know, so I'd be feeling guilty about that. Like, holy shit, you know, I'm eating all this food and I'm going to gain weight and I'm going to get fat. And and then I realized, you know what? Like, This is only happening for a day or two. And then I go back to normal. And me stressing about getting fat or gaining weight or feeling guilty is just contributing to, like, the cycle of unhealthy patterns. And I had to just stop and go, you know what? It's okay. If I want to, like, if my body says, like, eat more of this, then I'm going to eat more of that because that's what my body's telling me to do. So it was about tuning in to what my body wants yeah, rather than what like society is trying to tell me that I need to do. I love this. My next question written down is what does your body want? <laughs> <laughs> Different every day. So I love, I love to move. I love 
exercise. I'm a yoga teacher, so I love yoga. And I love, I just wrote something about, I think on my Facebook page last, like a couple of days ago about how I love to climb hills. Like I love to get my heart rate up and there's nothing that makes me feel more powerful and more strong than like climbing up a big ass mountain. Like, yes, I am again, so badass. <laughs> <laughs> so I love to move my body. I don't do it every day. I don't do it, you know, as much as I used to be able to, because as you know, with like having a kid, it's, it changes everything. So my body wants to move and my body wants to live by its own rules. Yes. I'm telling you, you're such a rule breaker. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're encouraging women to like live by their own rules. Like look at yourself and look within and see what your rules are. Not my yeah. rules. What are your rules? Cause that's something that you do. You don't really say here are my rules, you know, follow these. You just consistently remind people do it your way. And that's yeah. so, that is so badass to me. <laughs> Yeah, and it's really awesome. I have to say, like, when I started questioning the things that I did or the rules I followed and kind of tuning into, like, well, why do I do that? Is that because that's really important to me? Mm -hmm. Like, I really value that thing? Or is that because I've learned over however many years and decades that that's what I'm supposed to be worried about or what I'm supposed to value? And I found that a lot of the things that were consuming my brain and my body were things that other people had thought were important, not what I really valued. So I think it's so important to tune into what your own values are. Like we're all just doing the best that we can. And we really have to figure out like at our core, at the soul of our being, what is it? that is important to us, what is going to make us feel amazing and centered and grounded and loving and cared for. When do you feel most vulnerable? Mm. That's a good question. There's a few. So I've been getting into teaching yoga more and that's the place where when I'm standing up there leading a class that I feel really vulnerable, like my heart rate gets up and I get really nervous and I just have to realize like, I got this. I know this. Yeah. So that makes me feel vulnerable because it's in a way of like being seen that I'm not really accustomed to. Um, and a number of people counting on you to like tell them what to do. <laughs> so to be in that position it's just different than what I'm used to. And I would also say, I think, you know, honestly, like talking about my work, that's a vulnerable thing talking about because it's a very personal journey yeah. and it's revealing a lot of my own like struggles and challenges and demons and things that I've overcome. And that's not easy, but I also know that it's super important to, put it out there because I know like every time I do it, I hear from women that, you know, Oh my God, this is helping me so much. Or like, I can totally relate to that. I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. And so that helps me tap in, like continue to tap into those vulnerable things. You recently did uh, a photo shoot. I think it's called for the fourth trimester bodies. Is that what it's called? Oh yeah. The fourth trimester bodies. Yeah. The pictures were absolutely gorgeous, but that I had know. to take, 
so much courage to do those. And your <laughs> yes, baby talk is about being vulnerable. so cute in those pictures. <laughs> oh, thank you. So how did that feel? Like, what was that like to get in your skivvies and like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my most... Well, the most vulnerable moment was not actually taking that picture. It was putting it up on my Facebook page. Yeah. Um, but so I discovered Ashley's work, like, I don't know probably a year ago, maybe longer. And I immediately fell in love with it because she's all about just promoting like realistic mom body, you know, yeah. like this is what pregnant with post-pregnancy really looks like. Um, it's not that snap back into shape and lose all the baby weight in six weeks. Like this is maybe that happens for some people. Right. But for the majority of people out there, like that's not realistic. So I just absolutely fell in love with her work and I just thought, Oh my God, I absolutely, I have to do this. Like if I ever have the opportunity, I have to do this. She's based in Chicago, but she started um, touring around to cities around the U S and then she went international with it also. But so she came to the Bay area in August, I think it was. And as soon as it went on sale, I was like, Oh my God, I have to have this <laughs> because I just knew it was something I had to do. Like, I just, I had to do it. It was like something was calling me, you know, it wasn't even like a decision I made. I just had to do it. But yeah, that was, it was a really amazing experience. I was so nervous and I didn't, I didn't think I would be. I thought like, you know, here I am in front of this woman who sees all kinds of women (laughs) in their underwear or naked. Like, what do I have to be nervous about? Like she's seen it all and she's not judging me. She's here to like help me be beautiful but she also um she really said something to me that made an impact like after the photo shoot was done and we were looking through some of the pictures she was like you know pick the picture that best depicts your relationship with your son rather than like the picture that makes you look most beautiful or the most flattering picture but like pick the pick the picture based on your relationship and so I picked a different picture than I would have chosen. Oh, wow. Because, you know, I'm immediately looking at the pictures like, okay, well, you know, I think I look best in this one. Or, oh, you know, you can see this little thing over in this one, so I don't want that one. But then I realized, like, none of those were really depicting my relationship in an authentic way with my son. So I chose the one that best represented that. And it just, I love that she had switched it around for me because so much of the time, I mean, how many times have you deleted a picture off your phone (laughs) or off your camera or off of Facebook or untagged yourself because it's not your most flattering angle, right? Like (laughs) we do that all the time. And you know, like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but when it comes at the expense of like not having memories Mm. to hold on to, then it's really sad. Like, a few years ago, I read an article about, I think it was called, like, Mom Stays in the Picture. And it was yeah. about this woman who had realized, like, that there were almost no pictures of her with her children. That she took pictures of her children all the time. Yeah. And, but there were, like, you know, if only a handful of her actually in the picture. And I think, you know, oftentimes, like, you're the photographer, right? And you don't want to take a selfie with your kids or whatever issues you have with it. I can, I've done that myself, but at the same time, it's so important 
like we're gonna look back on these years and think like where was I like here's all these pictures of like my husband with my kids but I'm not there like we're a family <laughs> yeah I want there to be pictures of me and them yeah so that was really like transformational for me too like holy shit yeah that's you what... need to be in the picture stop being so critical of yourself because that's really <laughs> not the important thing like whether your hair is perfect or whether you have like a little fat roll or your arm looks big, like the important thing is you're there having a special experience with your loved ones. And they grow up so fast. It's like, I remember my oldest being like two and now he's 15 and I'm like, wait, I didn't take enough pictures. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we all regret no matter how, you know, how comfortable we are in front of the lens and things like that. I know for you, um, one of your messages as well is for moms to rest and regenerate. How do you rest and regenerate? What are your tips for that? So I've done this really amazing thing over the last several months, which is called sleep. Um, <laughs> for a long time, my son, he was two and a half now, he didn't sleep through the night forever. And he still wakes up most nights. But a few months ago... I started realizing after I put him to bed that I was really tired. And so I went to bed too. Yeah. And I slept upwards of like nine or 10 hours a night for a few weeks in a row. And I felt more happy and rested and healthy and clear minded than I have in three years after oh that. God. So you would put him in bed at an early hour and instead of staying up and doing things or just like yeah. vegetating in front of a TV or whatever, right. like on my phone or whatever, I'd be like, yeah. you know what? turning off the light and I'm getting in bed. Wow. Fall asleep. And then I'd wake up when he woke up at seven or something like that. So that was honestly, that was like a big one for me. But other things I do, like I think there has to be balance. Mm -hmm. So I love to move my body, but I also like to rest and relax. And my number one self-care thing is always, always a massage. That's like high up on my list. If I could get a massage every week, I would. I love Not touch. Right now, but yeah, it's like there's just something about massage that I've always, always loved. Just the word makes me want to have somebody's hands like soothing the different muscles <laughs> like yeah. it triggers something in my brain like all the <laughs> muscles when you said massage in my body were like I need that <laughs> uh-huh uh -huh. and you know and it's funny like you know as moms we're we're so often taking care of other people and making sure like they're feeling good and you know doing all the things that need to be done and we need to take care of ourselves too Right, we need somebody to help us recharge and and feel like we're being cared for. And my husband hates massage, so <laughs> I have to go out and get one. It's not happening at home. <laughs> you aren't the only one in that boat. <laughs> that's so funny, but that's good that you make it a priority, that that's what your body needs, and that's what you give your body. When do you feel most alive most like yourself you know I feel I want to say most of the time I feel like that because I have really made a conscious effort to tap into what it is that I really want and live from that place 
So I don't do things because other people think I should. Like if I want to wear some makeup and do my hair and put on like a special outfit, then I'm going to. But if I don't feel like that, then I'm going to be like in my yoga pants <laughs> with my hair not washed. And I feel great because that's like really represents what I want in that moment. So for me, it's like just living authentically. And I really try to do that as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency to get caught up in my own mind and like the what ifs and thinking about all kinds of other things. So when I'm there, like I don't feel like that's my authentic self. So when I can really like center myself and ground myself and live from that place, like inside myself, then I'm, I'm there. So, and nature helps. I love nature. I love being like by the ocean. I love being out just in nature. And when I find myself getting too caught up in my head and my thoughts, I have to go find nature. (laughs) (laughs) You go climb that mountain. Yeah. I go climb that mountain. In my last podcast show with Miko, she was talking about her style and I mentioned one of the talks that we had had online about, you know, you were giving people permission to like, it's okay if you feel really comfortable in the yoga pants. Don't let people shame you to not want to wear your yoga pants. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that was so cool that you piped in and you said that because it just seems like everywhere there's people like pushing like, oh, well, you have to get glammed up and you have to like do your hair and you have to do this and this and this so that you can feel great and feel alive. And you're that voice that says, you know, you raise your hand and you're like, what about us that feel great without it? (laughs) Right. And I love that you said that too. You were like, hey, I can be in my yoga pants and my ponytail and feel hot and sexy. I do. Like, <laughs> I feel kind And of- we need, you're totally right. We need more women who are willing to come out and say that. Cause it's not like, it's not like you can only feel sexy when you're glammed up and wearing high heels and in a dress. Yeah. Well, for me, like I love yoga. So I try to do yoga once a day. Like I, I joined a gym specifically that had a huge yoga component mm-hmm. to it. So I wouldn't have to pay, you know, crazy amount mm-hmm. for yoga because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's expensive. But, you know, I go to yoga, I move my body, I feel more like myself because I am in my body and it gets me out of my head. And one of the things that for me is that I have curves. So for me, like I used to hide my legs or my butt or, you know, for me it was hard to go out in yoga pants because I thought, oh my God, people are going to stare. And now, like, I'll go to the grocery store in my yoga pants, and I'll be like, I'm cute. Like, I don't care if you stare. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm comfortable in this body and in these yoga pants that hug my curves. So for me, that was a huge thing. And then for people to say, oh, you know, yoga pants, you know, that's lazy. It's like, no. Have you seen the hot yoga clothes that we have nowadays? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and so it's funny because I was just – I just saw something online the other day about, like, Lululemon. Yeah. I don't own any Lululemon. Me either. It's too expensive. Right. Most people (laughs) I know don't own any Lululemon, but I live in an area where it's around all the time. I'm amazed at how many people can afford to buy that. But anyway, so it's out there. 
And I think there's this thing where it's like, it's only okay to wear your yoga clothes if they're like some top brand, you know, like it's a status symbol. <laughs> like I paid $150 for these pants. So therefore it's okay to wear them to the store. Whereas like my target yoga pants. That's that what I'm, I have on right now. now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't wear those because they're not worthy or I don't know. What is it? The target ones aren't cheap either. Anyway. Right. <laughs> my new thing is the Fabletics that Kate oh, Hudson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I'm like, that's still a little pricey sometimes, but I love, you know, their outfits that are at least affordable for people who have children to pay for. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's funny. I just, um, I just signed up for that. <laughs> I go and I got my first outfit and there are these like, crazy patterned leggings and yeah. I'm I'm like I'm I'm not a person that needs to wear all black but I haven't explored much with leggings especially like patterned leggings I'll wear yoga pants all day but so I'm I'm edging into like I have these tie-dyed leg leggings on right now and then I have these ones I got from Fabletics that have like this crazy pattern on them and there's definitely some resistance that I've had because of, again, all those rules that I've been taught. Like, well, I'm curvy too, right? I have yeah. generous hips and generous thighs and they're super strong and they can do all kinds of badass stuff. But I've been <laughs> taught that I need to wear black so that I minimize the attention that I draw to that part of my body. Like, it's okay if I wear a patterned top or a bright colored top because that, that would actually be doing myself a favor because it draws attention away from my curvy bomb right <laughs> like, these are the things that we're taught and yeah. so I'm it's like a conscious breaking of those rules like no that doesn't have to be how I live if I want to wear these patterned leggings and I like them and I think they're fun I'm gonna wear them even if they draw attention to my curvy butt or whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna keep saying it I mean that's what I love about you because you're just like don't follow the rules. And I'm the type of person that I'm like, I figured out that being happy is exactly that. Like what you said, like you wake up and I loved your answer about, you know, when do you feel most alive? Because I feel that way too. Like I always pretty much feel alive because I worked really hard <laughs> to get to this point where like, I don't let all the external factors, you know, affect me as much. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love the the whole badass ways of you, like, where you're like, wear the yoga pants if you want, and the mom jeans, because you wrote a, a post about mom jeans a while back, didn't you? <laughs> Can you tell yeah. the listeners about this post? Because this was one of the first posts that, like, yeah. kind of went viral, and you you were like, oh, my God, people are reading my blog. <laughs> right. Okay, so I used to work um, in Oakland, and I, on my lunch break one day, I was like, I had seen my coworker wearing these, like, awesome bright blue pants, and I was like, oh, I want some, maybe they're bright green, and I was like, I'm gonna, I want to go get some, so I went shopping on my lunch break, and, of course, all they had in these bright colors were skinny jeans, or skinny pants, and I had not ventured into skinny pants, because I don't particularly like them for myself, for my body, for what, like, how I like to dress, it just, it's hard for me to get into them. So um, I went to the store and I tried on these skinny pants and I was like, what the fuck? Like these totally don't fit right. <laughs> like they're not made for my body. These pants work well for some bodies. They don't work well for my body. 
and maybe it's not all skinny pants, but it was this particular brand of skinny pants. You know, like the waist was all, it was either like the waist was way too big or the butt was way too tight or they're too long or too short. And I realized like, just because these pants don't work for my body doesn't mean there's something wrong with my body. Yeah. Right. Like so often we go into the dressing room and we try new clothes and it, it doesn't fit right or it's too tight here or whatever. And instead of thinking like, oh, well, this just wasn't made for my body. We think like there's something wrong with me. I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm, you know, I need to lose weight. I don't have any business wearing this, right? And it's really not about that. Like, if you went into a place and they were going to tailor your clothes for exactly your body, you'd walk out with totally different clothes than you would if you went into, like, just a general store. So it was a big kind of realization for me to be like, you know what? just because it doesn't fit the way that I see on this mannequin or in this ad or on this, in this magazine doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. Maybe it's just that these pants are not right for me. Yeah. So it's about the pants. It's not about me. And I think that was also huge. It is. And like, that's something that every time a woman goes into the dressing room, she should remember because it might not, it, I mean, it isn't us. It's just like how the fabric is cut or the type of fabric. It just might not sit well on your body. Like to me, there's certain things that I put on and I'm like, oh, this was made for me. Like, you know, and then you just mm -hmm. feel so much better. And then, but sometimes you see it on the mannequin and you're like, oh, I want to look like that. <laughs> and then you try it on and then you do go, you look in the mirror in the dressing room. You're like, oh. I hate my body. <laughs> right. Why do I have to have such a big butt? <laughs> right. I'm not pencil thin like that model or that yeah. mannequin. Well, the mannequin doesn't have a butt. So obviously <laughs> the dress wasn't made for booties. <laughs> yeah. But it's so, I don't know. I just feel like so much of our experience about our bodies especially starting from a young age comes from experiences like that like being in a dressing room and seeing that things don't fit you or they fit you differently and then judging yourself because of that and it starts so early I mean I can recall like being in elementary school and going shopping for school clothes and being like oh well you know, it doesn't go up to my size or this doesn't fit me or whatever. Just same issues that we have now as women. But when you're young, when you're really young, like you don't understand that it's not about you. It's about how the clothes are made and that you don't need to, you don't need to look like the model or the mannequin in order to be worthy it goes back to the you are good enough now. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Who do you look up to? Who are you, some of the role models that you look up to? Miss Rule Breaker. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and it's, it's funny because when I was younger, I was not a rule breaker. I was definitely like a, a good girl, follow the rules and do everything right so that I can gain approval of other people. Um. So it's fun to think of myself as a rule breaker now. Um, but I would say my, the one person that has obviously impacted me a lot is my own mom. Um, 
you know, I grew up with her as a single mom and she was never afraid to defy cultural norms. And I spent so much of my childhood wishing she would just like wear mom jeans and (laughs) buy a station wagon so that we could fit in because my mom, you know, she was a hippie and she grew up like, she did a lot of the things that people do now in terms of like that are faddish now. <laughs> yeah, things that are like fads now, right? Like the way that she ate and just the way just being green and you know being like really eco conscious. She did that because that's what she felt was right for her, and that was how she wanted to live her life. And I grew up cringing because <laughs> she wouldn't buy me, you know, macaroni and cheese or fruity pebbles. In in your blog, you talked about going on, like, a hot dog diet when you were, like, 11 or 12. Oh, yeah. And she bought you the healthy hot dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because, like, there's no way she's let me buy it. I don't even know what hot dog brands are because I rarely eat them. But she would never buy, like, you know, the cheap hot dogs at the grocery store. She'd be like, okay, well. That was one thing that she always made sure was, like, she was going to buy us good food no matter I mean we didn't have a lot of money growing up but that was like she always was gonna buy good food she was buying organic before organic was even a thing (laughs) so she's definitely somebody I think that shaped me a lot and I realized that as an adult that she taught me how to question things and how to live in a live in a way that is really authentic to yourself regardless of what other people think of you I mean she didn't even you know she didn't change what she did to please me as a child like she did what she felt was right and I think that's so important especially for girls and women like do what do you right we hear that do you (laughs) you gotta do you because you can't do anybody else that's so awesome you that's done. your your the person you look up to and you cringed when you were a child and now like that's your soul's work and it used to make you cringe. <laughs> it used to make me cringe and you know and now like I just think like whenever I hear stories about young girls wanting to lose weight and go on diets it just makes me feel like if we can just stop the cycle yeah. before it starts you know like we need to save the next generation from being consumed with these things that are not, that don't serve everyone that aren't really truly important to the way that we live our life. Of course, being healthy is important, but there are so many ways to be healthy and different ways to look. And it doesn't mean you have to fit into this cookie cutter mold that we're sold on all the time. So, but you have to heal yourself before you can, heal somebody else you know and I think that like as moms that's why I really wanted to focus on my work with moms is because we have to heal ourselves in order to free our children from the same things that we have you know struggled with or suffered from and you've said that like your 30s that's the lesson that you're learning is how to be a mom and how to deal with body image and putting your work out there into the world. What was the one lesson your 20s taught you? I was just thinking about this the other day. Like I, given my somewhat unusual upbringing or whatever, um, I never grew up thinking like I'm going to get married and I'm going to have babies and that's what my life is going to be about. 
I just grew up thinking like, I'm going to find something. My mom always taught me like, do what makes you happy, you know, find something that's fulfilling. And she thought for a long time I was going to be an astronaut. Obviously that's not what happened, but she always, always pushed me and encouraged me to do what was going to make me happy. So I never thought about like, I need to have a career where I'm going to make a lot of money or, you know, that I'm going to be able to move up the ladder really fast. Like I thought about what makes me happy, what brings me joy. So in my 20s, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, like, what does make me happy? Um, and I worked with kids a lot. I worked in the nonprofit world, and I, I volunteered in the Peace Corps for a couple of years. And wow. I mean, that's a whole separate life in itself. Um, but I really, and through that experience, actually, in the Peace Corps, I really, really got to tap into, like, what it was that I thought was important and what I valued. And I I realized a lot of things during that time, and it helped me to come to a place where I could be happy with my choices, even if they look differently from other people. So I think it was a lot about figuring out who I was. I mean, that sounds so cliche, right? Like, oh, who am I? It's um, not really, though. It's like the one thing we all have to do. <laughs> yeah. And for me, like, I knew from a, I knew from a young age that I, that that was important to me. So, like, I had to do the things I wanted to do before I could think about having a family. And so I needed to go out and like be adventurous. And I don't think my life was too crazy. Like my twenties were too crazy, but I did some crazy stuff. Like I had to do that stuff before I felt like I was ready to become responsible for another human. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so in a lot of ways it was probably preparing me for becoming a mother, um, just in helping me get centered on what I wanted and what was going to make me happy but I also at that point didn't really know what it was it wasn't until I became a mom I think that I realized what my true soul's work was what is next on the horizon for you and mama body love I'm I'm trying to figure that out every single day I want to help other moms you know I want to help them come to a place of love and acceptance of their bodies and themselves and I'm figuring out what the best way is to do that I'm not letting those messages of like I'm not good enough I don't have this I don't have that get in the way and I'm trying to push through that so I'm going to keep blogging I'm going to keep getting that out there and I want to be able to just reach more people I in the future I would love to do some in-person workshops for people who are local in the Bay Area and help um, help women incorporate yoga into their body acceptance journeys because I think it can be hugely transformational. It is. Uh, yeah. And, you know, maybe having some kind of a group experience where I can really help more women and more moms that need support in freeing themselves from those rules that they're following. Tell the listeners where they can find you online, where your hangouts are. 
my hangout. So I have a Facebook page for Mama Body Love. It's facebook.com slash Mama Body Love. And uh, my website is www.mamabodylove.com. So those are great places to find me. And, you know, you don't find the exact same thing on the blog as you do on the Facebook page. But if you're on Facebook, I highly encourage you to check out Mama Body Love because I like to throw little tidbits out there in your news feed to kind of change what you're seeing and get you to a, a more centered place where you feel like, yeah, I can take that rule. I don't have to do that. Hannah does that. <laughs> she always catches my eye when she posts something and I was like, Oh, I wasn't thinking about this, but yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, these are the wrap up questions. Okay. I have one other thing that okay. I want to talk about before. So I was just thinking about this the other day, like somebody, I was on some um, Facebook forum and people were like talking about how it's super important that you have to have your business page linked with your personal profile and so then I have to pick like well what's my title with mama body love and I don't remember what I picked but something that was like okay well that'll work it's not like what I want and then I started thinking about I'm like you know what I want to be like this is mine I created this I want to be the head goddess (laughs) like I am the freaking goddess of mama body love isn't that amazing like who doesn't want to be a goddess in the head goddess at that like the head goddess right <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> hannah is the head goddess <laughs> mama body love since you're a goddess okay. how does body love and body confidence help women in the bedroom in so many ways i mean there are how many times have i heard women say that you know they're afraid to either have sex with their husband or to turn on the lights when they're having sex with their husband because they don't want their husband to see them naked. They're ashamed. They feel like they're whatever is wrong with them. And it's amazing what happens once you can accept your body because then you're free, right? You're not there trying to hide because you can't hide when you're having an intimate experience with someone. To like really be there, yeah. you have to be there. You can't be trying to hide or being worried about, oh no, they're going to feel this or they're going to feel that or my butt's lumpy or whatever. Like you have to be there and be present and not let those insecurities in the door even. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, like my husband has been amazing at just helping me. Even when I maybe couldn't get there myself, like helping me to feel sexy. Like he'll look at me in my unwashed hair, my no makeup and my pajamas, no bra on and be like, God, you're so hot. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> But when he thinks that it makes me feel amazing. Right. And it helps me feel like it doesn't matter. Like I could show up like I just said, with no bra on, not washed hair, and he'd be like, hey, let's get down. (laughs) Right? It doesn't matter if I have gained five pounds or whatever. It's like that stuff is not important. It's about, like, 
can you feel comfortable and can you truly show up? Because when you're not feeling comfortable, you're not truly showing up to have that intimate connection with the person that you love. That's so juicy. So the head goddess just told you guys to just show up and leave those insecurities at the door. (laughs) Hannah, what is the one misconception that people have about love? The misconception that people have about love is that it solves problems. Hmm. So I think when, and I'm talking about love that you have with somebody else. Like if I love somebody else, then it's going to, solve this problem or solve that problem or make this thing go away. And I think that the only thing that can really make those things go away is self-love. Like you have to love yourself before you can love somebody else. Dropping bobs. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I wanted you on here. What is the one thing you're going to go do after this interview to bring joy into your life? I'm going to go do some writing. I'm going to spread the mom of body love message out to the masses. So, (laughs) well, I can't wait to be able to take one of your yoga classes. I hope that we can do that soon. Thank you so much for being on sex Love joy. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thanks for listening to sex, love, joy. For more interviews like this one and my other work, please visit sexlovejoy.com. I hope that listening to today's guests talk about living their truths helps you in your quest to do the same. Remember, thriving ain't easy, but adding a little sex, love, joy to your day makes the living a whole lot juicier. Until next time.